good feeling. This is going to be a good segment. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about General Motors and, in specific, the government getting involved in these big companies and what it does to them. And should, should, are we going to learn our lesson in electric cars and all that sort of stuff? And there's been a complete accounting of the number of times the Obama administration, well, borders and, uh, you know, customs, but the border guards used. Uh, pepper spray during the Obama administration. And it is, the answer is many, many, t- dozens of times. But there was no outrage then by the media. The media are a bunch of partisan liars, um, which is fine once you get used to it. Or it's, just, just, it's mildly annoying. Or in some cases, I think, just poorly informed, which is its own Or blinded thing. by their own ideology, which, you know, all of us uh, are guilty of to a greater or lesser extent. So, listen, we got some shocking news yesterday uh, around here. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Dominic Braccia, who was the uh, producer, he was the executive producer of the show for, it was like two and a half years, right? It's a fairly short time, um, but notable time. Uh, Dominic passed away in the last several days uh, at the age of 62. Do we know of what? The very few pieces of information I've been able to get um, say natural causes. Um, and, and I have no idea and have no no need nor desire to speculate Um but that is the story. Um, and Dominic was, if you weren't a fan of the show at that point, um, I'll just tell you this. He was an incredibly colorful character. Um, not only character on the show, but just human being. Well, he you, was amazingly talented. Well, you got to start with, he was a child actor in a couple of semi-blockbuster movies. Yeah. And he knew lots of big-time Hollywood people. Right, and he knew a lot of Hollywood's dark secrets, too. And, and may have been involved in some of them, depending on who you believe and what tabloids you read. Right, right, yeah, and, and we'll get to that. But uh, I will tell you this, I'll, you know, here's your lead paragraph. He was a tremendously talented guy, hardworking, organized, really, really good at a lot of aspects of his job around here. Um, but he was a troubled dude tortured um he had an incredibly rough childhood and we've got some tape of him describing it um and he was a very very complicated guy uh he had a lot of secrets well some of them are 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 out there to learn if you want to google cory feldman or cory Haim or charlie sheen and Dominic Brasha and read into the stories. I don't know who's telling the truth. I, I still don't, and I guess I never will now. Well, it's pretty widely believed, and whether it's true or not, I have no idea, that Dominic was Corey Haim's lover when Corey Haim was a teenager, and that that's who his mom walked in on. Was Dominic and, a, an adult at that time? Yes, or? he was an adult. I believe he was in his when early Corey 30s. Corey Haim was a kid. Was a teenager, yeah. It was... It was one of those older men, teenage boy things. And Corey Feldman thinks that led to Corey Haim getting into drugs and everything else that eventually led to his death. Right. And I have no idea, you know, who knows. Dominic believed the the real perv was Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Right. And all these stories you hear about from that era, because it's been going on forever in Hollywood, unfortunately before and probably still. There's somebody now that will become a household name, unfortunately, years from now, who's doing this sort of thing. But in that era, Charlie Sheen was the guy that was doing this to all these kids, according to Dominic. Right. Charlie Sheen responded to that because Dominic made that claim, I think, in the National Enquirer a few months back. Mm-hmm. 
And Charlie Sheen responded to that and threatened to sue him. And, uh, yeah, I don't have any idea what the truth is on any of those stories. As I recall, we became aware of all of that after Dominic left. It became more widely discussed right after he left. And a lot of people thought that's why we, quote unquote, fired him. Um, that had nothing to do with that. Uh, no. It, it, what would have happened if he was still working here and all that came out? I, I don't know because I don't. Well, I just don't know because that's not what happened. The truth is a great deal more complicated than that. I will tell you this, and there is an element here of if somebody is not around to defend themselves, a person ought to be very careful not to be unfair. At least that's my ethical code. You follow whatever ethical code you have. Um, Dominic, in my opinion, was a guy whose entire life was characterized by drama. And I mean heavy, heavy drama. Not only what we were talking about, but psychological child abuse. He hinted broadly, but then would deny it behind the scenes that he had been sexually abused as a young person. Um, it, it was. I would certainly guess that happened. Well, yeah, I, I would, you know, if I were a betting man and it could be proved, I would bet any amount of money you name that that were the case. He could not, in my opinion, get past the psychological barrier of saying it out loud. Jeez, I, he, he would talk in the most colorful and savage terms and mean every word of it about how child molesters should be put to death. On the other hand, there's every indication that... And, and listen, a lewd and lascivious with a child of under 14 is a different crime than a, for instance, 31-year-old gay man having an affair with a 16-year-old uh, teenager. It's a different crime for a reason. Um, I'm not saying it's right, it's just different. And Dominic was savagely angry about child molesters, but would never acknowledge that he'd been abused. So that's some really heavy stuff and uh, complicated. Right. But there's the other stuff, and he talked about a lot of things on the air that were unbelievable. Michael, right. you did a show with him for a long time. Yeah. So did he ever tell the story on the air about the, I think he told the story on the air, about how he would get around airline security? I mean, that's just a glimpse into his life. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah, he so, told us. So he's a professional actor. As, yeah. Again, look, Friday the 13th, part five. And is director, that, was too, that his, of some skill. He was given a million dollars to make a movie once. Right. I mean, somebody believed in him enough to give him a million freaking dollars, which, by the way, he spent on taking care of his mom in her later years, which makes him, you know, that kind of person that does that. He gave it all up and spent all his money taking care of his mom. But he was given a million dollars to make a movie. He was in in some big movies. So he's a good actor. He carried a cane, and he would bring it out whenever it benefited to him. And he did in the studio for us his I'm an old man who needs a cane walk. And it was good. So he could get to the front of the line at the airport. Or any place. Right. Or any place. But at the airport... He would walk through the airport with that cane and a big heavy bag and look like he was really struggling, and they would pick him up on the cart and take him around the long security line, and that's how he dodged that sort of stuff. Yeah. He did that at, at stores, at movie theaters, stuff like that, and, and he believed that there were there was such a thing called worker bees, Right. and he was not a worker bee, and worker bees were just stupid, and they stood in lines and followed the rules, and he didn't. Yeah, the queen bees among us, they, they, we run the world, and we know better. He's in no doubt one of the more interesting people. No, I shouldn't even say that. He might be the single most interesting person I have ever known in my life. If he didn't like a restaurant, he'd go into the bathroom and turn all, all the water faucets on and leave them on to punish them. If, he had, if the people were talking in a movie theater 
and the movie theater wasn't policing it, he would pour his entire soft drink on one of the seats to soak it to punish the theater. Thinking, I guess, that the 18-year-old who takes tickets and then cleaned the seat was going to tell his boss, or we s- need to police people who are texting doing... Mo- I well, don't know. I, what I, would try to, I would try to get to the logic of it, and it just it wasn't there. On the other <laughs> hand, he was... It, there were a bunch of moments on the show. He he would do a feature called Dominic Asks a Question. That was almost always really good. Uh, the legendary interview of Casey Anthony. Remember that Florida oh, woman who certainly s- killed her toddler? We ought to play that. He he, gr- We said we didn't want to talk to the lawyer. It was repugnant. He said, let me talk to him. And he started to interview him. Then he chewed the guy out. It was beautiful. What was his line at the end, Michael, that was so good? Remember when he was talking to Casey Anthony's lawyer? He was just screaming at the guy, you're going to hell! Right. Yeah, he, he, yeah, I think at one point he asked him, "Was it worth it?" Oh yeah, oh, that's exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I mean, we could go on all day about you know how how creative he was and energetic and how much he loved this job and the rest of it. But if I were to summarize, I would say uh, uh, on one level, I really, really liked Dominic. I admired him, but he was dangerous. I was scared to death. He of him. was a dangerous guy to hang around. And and uh, this is as far as I'm going to go down this road. He was aggressively litigious. Ooh, ooh. And we work for and with people who just can't have that. No. So my friends can. and some of you speculated viciously on Twitter. And I still have those tweets, and I remember your names, about what rotten hypocrites Jack and I are. Well, part of that is because... How savage we are, what fake friends we are, what liars we are. Well, part of that is because he put some stories out there on the internet that weren't uh, weren't exactly true. No, they were wildly untrue, attempting to to, uh, assassinate our characters. And a lot of you believed it and said horrible things about us. Here's the long and short of it. He was running around threatening to sue everybody for everything. And the companies we work with couldn't have that. No, you can't have an employee like that. No company does. Right. So they wrote a check and, and, and said goodbye. Oh, the mysterious midweek, midweek vacation. I said that I would talk about that. Got to be real careful on this. Dominic did something that was completely against company policy. It had to do with a really controversial political issue at the time. And something Jack said, because Jack is wildly irresponsible. Um, That's true. (laughs) But it wasn't about the issue. It was about the violation of policy. And they had to make a point. So the whole crew got a (laughs) two-day vacation in the middle of the week. A suspension, as it were. Um, um, uh, But it was, if you knew the actual details, which we shouldn't talk about because we said we wouldn't, um, you would be thoroughly unimpressed. We're getting texts. It's just dumb. We're getting texts from people who uh, who were apparently listening when Dominic was our producer. And again, Google some of his work. He was in movies, and I saw his movie that he produced and starred in when he. My was life is a troll. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's a good actor. He's actually good. Yeah. Um. Uh. <laughs> we got this text. The thing about Dominic that bothered me the most was that he left the sink running all day for his cat. Yeah, he was always afraid his cat wouldn't have fresh water, so he'd leave the sink running all day long at his apartment so his cat could have fresh water. <laughs> Yeah, one of his so, many stories. Movie reviews with Vince. Uh, stories of Hollywood. Or White Cat, and then later Black Cat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, the birthday cake show. Oh, do you remember the story of him going to the dentist at that guy's house? Oh, yeah. yeah. He didn't have dental insurance, so the, he went the Mexican to... garage dentist. <laughs> oh yeah, he went or to a house guy, dentist. Yeah. Some guy who's doing dentistry out of his house, an unlicensed dentist to save money. 
<laughs> so, Fantastic. listen, why don't we play that tape of him talking about his bizarre relationship with his mother, maybe next hour, if okay. you can stay tuned. Okay. I will never forget, uh, well, I did forget until Michael uh, reminded me in an email, Mike here, um, of it was Jack's birthday, and we were starting to talk about something. Dominic, Dominic just took over the show to do a big birthday thing with a cake and singing happy birthday to Jack. And this was toward the end when our relationship was already a little tense. And Jack told him, no, we're not doing this. This is stupid. This isn't entertaining. Get out. And he wouldn't. He just kept pushing it and pushing it and singing in his face and rubbing. And Jack tried to push him away, and you ended up getting cut by the knife, right? I don't that even he, rem- I barely remember. That. That Marshall got cut. Marshall oh, got Marshall cut. got yeah. cut. Right, so it ended up with blood and icing and anger, and, the, and that was that's a that's a beautiful that is Dominic encapsulated, over the top, hilarious, bizarre, innovative, and dangerous. But he was a talented, talented dude, and it's one of the great regrets of my professional life that there was no way to let it continue. There just wasn't. Because he was an amazing guy. I missed him, in a way. Most troubled person I've ever known in my life. Yeah. Personally known. Yes. You could you could make a movie about him, and it would be... They should. Yeah. They really should. Well, we're going to play a clip next hour. We'll give you an idea of what his life was like growing up. Um, I want to talk about General Motors, because that's a damned interesting story about capitalism and government and populism, all kinds of stuff. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. not lob the tear gas at the women and children. We lobbed it away from the group to where where it would be able to disperse to allow the women and children to get away. It was done very professionally and it was done very well and there were absolutely no injuries. I never thought I would see my country gassing little children. Oh boy. Who just want a better life. U.S. Customs and Border Protection has used 2-chlorobenzolidine malonitrile or CS since 2010. It was deployed 26 times in fiscal 2012, 27 times in 2013. Wait a second. Trump wasn't president in 2013. Yes, but he was on The Apprentice and ordered Border Patrol to use tear gas from his Manhattan penthouse. No, it was, quote-unquote, Obama's Customs and Border Patrol. Now, whether Obama knew about it, liked it, approved of it, loved it, I don't know. Or I don't whether, claim to know. Or whether you approve it. Maybe, right, you maybe hate it's it. a bad idea. <laughs> maybe you hated it the other day, and maybe you hated it back when Barack Obama was doing it. But clearly the point is, Trump hasn't broken some great new ground here by having the Border Patrol do what they got to do to stop people rushing the border. And if you were to follow the media coverage of it, particularly, well, particularly virtually everybody, you'd think this is the first time in human history it's been done, and it is so clearly a moral outrage, impeachment proceedings should be begun immediately. Well, i got to admit, as a guy who follows the news pretty closely for his livelihood, when this happened over the weekend, I didn't immediately think, just like when Barack Obama did it. Right. I don't remember it happening. That's because it was not considered at all notable, or there was no interest in reporting it. 
Think about that. And that, listen, that's my only point, as Jack uh, said quite uh, efficiently. If you think it's a bad policy, let's talk about that. I'm not saying it's a great idea, although I don't think there was any choice in the incident of uh, of Sunday. What else are you going to do? I think it was a perfectly reasonable response in which nobody was seriously injured, and the potential, well, the actual violence was quickly curtailed. I think it was an excellent policy. Anyway, um, but it is absolutely shocking and really, really revealing that the many dozens of times it was used in the past, not only were not front-page outrage uh, I, you know, if I was a smart guy, I would have compiled all the the headlines from the editorials in the WAPO, in the New York Times, and everywhere else about the horror and outrageousness of the U.S. gassing poor innocent people, um, because there were quite a few of them. You know, I get tired Happened all the time. I get tired of saying this, but that coverage of that story over a couple of days was so bad and so misleading. By our politicians, by our media, by everything. I, I, what do you? How do you even take in news in the modern world? Pava capsaicin, also known as pepper spray, uh, was used 151 times in 2013 under President Obama. I also don't know if you don't turn people away before they get to the border, then you're really going to have a rush of people um, over the years. Because once people oh, yeah. get in, they often get to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Critics, including Latin American leaders, immigrants' rights advocates, and congressional Democrats, they mean uh, illegal immigrant rights advocates um, because there's a difference, have said use of tear gas is, quote, un-American. Diane Feinstein said, well, one of her staffers said, it's horrifying did to I see... Did I say that? Did I, did I say Did we that? put out a statement? Where's my suit? <laughs> oh, it's horrifying to see tear gas used on mothers and young children as they seek refuge in the United States. Well, That's not what America should be. I, I would agree. I'm not pro-tear gassing moms and their little girls trying to make their lives better, but I'm not sure what else you're going to do. Well, it was a violent charge on the border, and the the girls and the, and the mom, the mom decided to get up front, or was pushed up front. Uh, other uh, Democrats complained. Brandon Judge of the National Border Patrol Council pointed out that the tear gas was deployed under Mr. Obama, and the policy that we used was an Obama-written policy. And it was used in 2013 at the same port of entry in remarkably similar circumstances. So, please. Host Aaron Burnett of CNN scoffed at Mr. Judge's fact, saying the agents were used against women and children this weekend. The tear gas was not deployed at the children in 2013. All right. You know what? Let the grown-ups run the border, dear. Let the grown-ups run it, because you obviously don't have the intellectual capacity. Starbucks has just added a juniper-flavored latte to their holiday flavors. So if you're into that, that's nice. And you know what? I'd like to apologize. If what I said about Aaron Burnett's comments sounded condescending... I meant for it to sound extremely condescending, <laughs> and I'm not sure it was condescending enough. I apologize. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Uh, President Trump stepping up his battle with GM. Number of illegals in the U.S. these days may surprise you. And Google is making a move against mosquitoes. Stories coming up. What's, Finally. What's the flavor juniper? What's a juniper latte going to taste like? Uh, that's the primary flavor in Tanqueray Gin, my friend. Oh, really? Oh, I will be our yeah. juniper expert here. <laughs> All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Is it Trump versus General Motors now? Well, more on that in just a second. But so we were talking about our troubled co-worker, Dominic, who died the other day. 
Uh, you might not remember him if you haven't been listening long enough, but he was one of the most troubled people ever. But but some people who remember Dominic on the show, and he was pretty open about a lot of his life, um, are, are hitting us with, with stories I'd forgotten, including oh, this one. Dominic would go to Chipotle every day and order the same exact thing. Chalupis. That's right. But Yeah, he called them chalupis. But he'd order yeah. the same thing every day, and he would get two. But because he was embarrassed to say that, because he, he had an eating problem, he, because he was embarrassed to say he was getting two, he would claim the other one for his wife. Right. And the employees would always ask about his wife and everything like that, and he finally decided he shouldn't eat two anymore. So he had to tell the Chipotle employees <laughs> that he saw every day that his wife died. <laughs> so he could just start ordering one burrito. Right. <laughs> so he had this whole ongoing thing. Oh, my God. Imagine <laughs> imagine having that mad creative energy available. And then imagine having to deal with that behind the scenes. And that's the Dominic story. Well, Brilliant, he, but just dangerous. His mom would drive him to an orphanage and kick him out of the car, among other things. Yeah, he was unquestionably the victim of terrible psychological, at least psychological, abuse as a kid. But anyway, we got an entertaining uh, version of uh, one of his stories coming up a little later. Right now, the news with Marsha Fuller. As you mentioned earlier, battle with GM is continuing. President Trump threatening to cut off all federal subsidies to General Motors one day after the automaker announced to be cutting some 14,000 jobs in North America and potentially closing down five plants. Now, Trump was tweeting, quote, very disappointed with General Motors and their CEO, Mary Barra, for closing plants in Ohio, Michigan, and Maryland. Mara Barra, Mara Barra. Nothing. It's fun to say. Say it with me. Mara Barra. <laughs> Nothing being closed in Mexico and China. The U.S. saved General Motors, and this is the thanks we get. We're now looking at cutting all GM subsidies, including for electric cars. Well, you can't just cut subsidies to one company. Well, I want to cut right. subsidies for electric cars to all the companies because trying to force uh, uh, something on us that people just don't buy. God dang it. I've been complaining about this for years. Your end-of-the-year numbers on electric cars from the big companies yeah. have always been like they sold 400 last year. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Honestly. Yeah. And it's just incredible. Um, and so... When you start down this road right. of the government getting involved in these corporations, there's no ending to it. That's prob- that's the problem with the original sin on this. Right. Reminds me so much of American medicine. The mandates from the government, Chevy, you ha- or GM, you have to build X number of little cars that get great gas mileage to get your average fleet mileage in the right spot. That's federal law. So they build these giant plants building cars that nobody wants or not enough people want. Like the Chevy Cruze. And they're finally at the point they're saying, look, we're going to close the plant. Nobody wants these cars. We're building tiny little ones for overseas that won't sell here right. at all. It makes sense to build them overseas. So the, the government is reaping what it is sown by trying to manipulate a market. Unfortunately, and I don't know how this decision gets made, but a, a number of the plants that are in Mexico or China or wherever are building the vehicles that people are buying. So they're closing the plants that are building vehicles that aren't selling. Right. That happened to be in America and keep it. So I don't know what they're supposed to do, but then they were forced to make these cars in the first place. And now, so Trump wants to add another layer of of of, of messing with free market competition by taking away the electric car subsidy just for them and not for. But I, that'll never happen. I, well, there, I know it will never happen. There is very little, like specific legal financial financially, he can do to GM. 
On the other hand, to use the bully pulpit to really work the PR angle and say to him, whoa, 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 whoa. How about instead of closing those giant right. plants in the Rust Belt that, by the way, I need to get reelected and everybody knows it. Um, why don't you spend a couple of bucks and retool them? Right. Start making right. Silverado pickups and, and Yukons or whatever the they make. Shifting gears today, the fight for the House majority leadership positions kick off, but it's not really expected to be much of a battle for a number of the top positions. Democrat Nancy Pelosi facing opposition from about 16 members. Many of them are freshmen. Who will soon be frogs as she works her evil witchcraft on them. (laughs) I believe Nancy Pelosi is gifted in the dark arts. There, I've said it. Pelosi uh, is said to be... (laughs) Gathering the support. She oh my needs. God! It's that Marsha Fudge. <laughs> what was that you said, Congresswoman? <laughs> you you follow this side of the world more closely than I do, Sean. But I gotta believe that the 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 progressive crowd didn't see this coming. Nancy Pelosi being Speaker of the House again, swept in by wide uh, you know wide margins. It's certainly not something that that is talked about in reverent terms among me and my friends. People aren't posting enthusiastic messages on Facebook? Yay! Wow, Nancy is back! (laughs) (laughs) Ah, On another another matter, Google is working to eradicate mosquito-borne diseases around the world. A report in Bloomberg says researchers with Google's parent company Alphabet are studying a mosquito control technique near Silicon Valley. That's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Two questions. Why? You're an information company. And two, do you think this is going to make us forget that you're actually evil and tracking all of us all the time and selling everything you've learned about us? (laughs) Because we haven't forgotten. Google Google it. We've got a story on that coming up on how people are turning against the tech companies, really against Facebook. And uh, it could be it could be troubled times for those big companies. And the report goes on to say, mosquitoes. <laughs> There's the president lending his support. The report says eighty thousand male mosquitoes were recently infected with a common bacterium, and when the mosquitoes mate with their female counterparts, their offspring do not hatch. God, I hate mosquitoes. That's one of my least favorite things that exist in the world. There you mosquito go. in the ear. Is there anything more repugnant? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to sleep, and it just comes by. You can't find it. Oh, damn it. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And then when you smack one on your arm, it's just, ah, oh, gross. Is that my blood or from that guy over there? <laughs> you lack what it takes to be a great white mosquito hunter. That blood says to me, victory. Guy who runs Salesforce the biggest employer in San Francisco, um, talking about the, the tech industry and some of that stuff and 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 fitting in with that, how the left, the right had turned on Facebook, right? Now the left has turned on Facebook. They might have no constituency left. <laughs> Going to be tough. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. Strong and Getty Show. So Starbucks has 
has announced their juniper latte is added to their holiday flavors. I ask, what is the flavor of juniper? According to Starbucks, the juniper latte is basically Christmas in a cup. Oh, is what they huh, say. That that was, hold on, say that was weird. Say say that again. Say what you just said. The juniper latte is basically Christmas in a cup. Wow! Wow! When you said that, it made me want to punch you in the face. That's a really weird reaction to have, and yeah. you still want to punch him. Yeah, yeah. I yeah just because you said like it's a delicious flavor. It hangs on and on. Yeah, that, yeah. that's interesting because I'm picturing somebody walking up to me and saying. I'm drinking a juniper latte, and I'd want to punch them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just think, There's a lot of face punching for a holiday meant to commemorate hey, the birth of the Christ. Because the whole idea of Christmas in a cup... Oh, there it is again. It's just a little too much. <laughs> My wife brought home a uh, snickerdoodle latte. I don't know what it was. Some oh. Christmas latte. Well, there's too much bad. Too much for me. <laughs> My daughter, Caitlin, who, my eldest, who has a real sweet tooth, turned me on to the... The uh, salted caramel. Oh yeah, latte. I don't, I don't got know coffee salt, drinks. I anything just, that's got the sea salt. Oh I like. man, dang, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Oh but, yeah, but if I drank one even yeah. once a week, I would be a bigger fellow than I am yeah, now. Look around the Starbucks. <laughs> look at the pe- person ordering it. That, right. that helps me okay. a lot. Let's be gentle now. Everybody well, has their weaknesses. Well, right, but I just try to remind right, myself. Compassion. I just try to remind myself these are not. <laughs> Right. This is not coffee. This is a milkshake. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's when you're the at the key. donut shop or an ice cream parlor. You know what you're doing, and you you step carefully. It's easy to forget that at a coffee shop, right? Which yeah. is what Starbucks has built their brand. Sure, it's like on. ordering a salad, then finding out later it's 1,900 calories because yeah, of the dressing, etc. Very yeah. similar sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, I thought this was pretty interesting. This is the guy who runs Salesforce. Um, on uh, Crazy Jim Cramer's uh, business show. In technology over the last two decades, the most important thing has been the idea. That is, the best idea wins. That has been what gets you funded, that's how you grow your company, that's been your highest value, the best idea wins. No longer true. The current highest value is trust. And if trust is not your highest value, if the most important thing to you and your company is not trust, you need to look again. And that's what's happening with these companies today. Oof, that's a problem for Twitter, for Google, for Facebook. I would say that's devastatingly true. Uh, clearly. And so, um, uh, and we can get further into each of those. Man, some, some of the people that have been kicked off Twitter recently. It's just, okay, well, you're now just a political something or other, and now we're going to divide into camps. Yeah. And it's going to be a completely different thing. You have become a, a willing bubble, an enthusiastic ideological bubble. You get to when do that. When indeed you were, you're launched is exactly the opposite. Yeah, if you've decided you're going to go with the Stephen Colbert model, okay, I'm going to blow up late night TV and stop doing it the nonpartisan way, and I'm going to pick a side and be. And he's been successful. But if Twitter's saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to do the same thing, all right. But there's, there's, you know, there's a. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There's mm-hmm. going to be a reaction to that. Yeah. There will, there, there will end up being a conservative Twitter, Well, I there suppose. is. It's Gab.com, which uh, we've had a couple of listeners suggest we get on it. Then we've had a couple of folks say, I got on it. And it it is filled with some of the most outrageous hate speech I've ever heard in my I life. That and anti-Semitism and the rest of it. And good Lord, I deleted my account. So, but you know, some of the where stuff, it all ends, I have no idea. But some of the stuff they call hate speech on Twitter is crazy. Well, right, yeah. And how many times have I said, as we've discussed, 
You know, is Facebook a publishing platform? Is it the town square? Is it merely a message board, a passive message board? What should it be? Uh, Who will the censors be? And I've just said over and over again, I'm just so afraid the cure is going to be worse than the disease. And on Twitter, I would suggest to you that is the case, as they are... Are, uh, what's the term? Canceling the accounts, blocking the accounts, ending the accounts, closing down the Suspending, usually. Uh, uh, of people who make perfectly reasonable mainstream arguments that are out of step with the uh, super progressive tech world. I think the suspension is weird because that's a, like, go to your room and come back and be, you know, more polite when you come back to dinner at the dinner table. That's weird because we've had a number of listeners who've been suspended for a month on Twitter. Right. Uh, one guy first saying uh, illegal immigrants have already broken. They're illegal because they've already broken the law by coming here. And, right. and Twitter's, hate speech, hate yeah, speech. That was considered hate speech by right. Twitter, and they got banned for 30 days. Yeah. And then I guess you're supposed to learn your lesson and come crawling back to information you probably don't need anyway. This is the platform where people under the thumb of African Middle Eastern dictators could communicate with each other and, 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 and try to bring justice and freedom to their people. And now they're afraid of somebody saying, Look, you know, somebody crossed the border illegal, you know, has already committed a crime. I mean, are you serious? You're blanching at that? You're you're reaching for your handkerchief and saying, oh, my, I have vapors over that? I sympathize with them, and we played the hilarious reality of Facebook a couple of months ago as they started down the road of banning various things, and one thing leads to another, and pretty soon you get to a weird place. But I like the Wild West of anything. I say that. Mm -hmm. But then if somebody says to me, okay, how about snuff films? Well, clearly not. Right. Okay, how come? Because of violence and sex. Okay, how about this violence? That violence is not good. How about this violence? That one's okay. Why? Well, then you got to come up with some rules. Yeah. And it gets gets really weird really fast. Yeah. Um, But so I came across this in the New York Times. I thought, this is bad news for Facebook. Facebook's already well-known among people who lean right, as being a left-leaning organization. Rather aggressively so. Yeah. Aggressively promote um, uh, stories that um, you know are anti-Trump to the very top of your, your news feed and suppress stories that are pro-Trump to the bottom. You know, good economic news doesn't make it to the top, that sort of stuff. Right. They have no enthusiasm for it. So there are a lot of people on the right that have kind of soured on Facebook. This was in the New York Times the other day, and this is one of their trending stories a couple of days ago, which means it's still very popular. Do you have a moral duty to leave Facebook? This is for the progressive crowd. The platform has been used to disrupt elections, disseminate propaganda, and promote hate. Regular users should ask if they are implicated in this failings. The article making it trying to lead you to believe that you are participating in something bad if you're on Facebook. If the right and the left agree that Facebook is bad, Facebook is freaking done. Even if it's for different reasons. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Zuckerberg could go from nothing to incredibly wealthy to nothing again. It could happen. Especially if something else emerges. The way Facebook destroyed MySpace. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be something? As big as Facebook was. You know, I hate to bring anybody hope, because the only time I'm truly unhappy and frustrated and angry is when I have hope and then it gets stepped on. Um, so I'd rather be hopeless. But the incredibly troubling trends, particularly among young people um, who are glued to their phones and are changing the very physical structures of their brains and changing their, their views of life and committing suicide and horrifying rates. And, and, and just it's I, I'm all I'm so troubled by it. I would I had been tempted to give up and just think, well, we're doomed to become a different species and a less happy species and a suicidal wow, that's, species. That's and dark. 
But there are, there are times that I think, well, Good wait morning. a minute. I'm, we can't be the only people who are as troubled as we are by this, and we can't be the only people who who have this uncomfortable feeling that we're doing something terribly unhealthy. You know, and that feeling, whether whether you drink too much or you eat too much or you're in a toxic relationship, that feeling, if you're lucky, grows and grows to the point where you say, I'm going to do something about this. And I'm starting to get hope that humanity is feeling that feeling. Got this great note from Aaron. Interesting. So that would be something doesn't need to come along like Facebook and replace it. We just stop doing that sort of thing. The whole that would be interesting. The whole staring at our phone to get a micro present. Every 45 seconds, a micro dose of endorphins just all day long and, and realizing what that's done to us. I, I feel that that's bad. I know you do. Sure. And I think millions of people do. And I'm trying to communicate it to my kids. I need to do a better job of it. But anyway, we got this great note from Aaron in San Diego. He's uh, got a, a brand new baby in the house, eight months old, a uh, little boy. And he's reading like a, a, a maniac, a smart guy, about how to be a good parent in the modern world and the rest of it. And he's reading about screen time and its effect on babies and toddlers. And the point of his note, which we'll get to next hour, is that um, I'm looking at all of these uh, effects and deficiencies and the rest of it. They're as true for adults as they are for toddlers. Mm. And I'll, I'll hit you with the list. Am I going to be frightened? Yes. Feel bad about my myself? I've already saddened you this morning. Next fright. Have you done active shooter training at your company? A lot of companies are doing it. It's a booming business. That, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 